0: The Lord be with you. And with Spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, o Lord. <clears throat> On leaving the synagogue, Jesus entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Simon's mother-in-law lay sick with a fever. They immediately told him about her. He approached grasped her hand, and helped her up. Then the fever left her, and she waited on them. When it was evening after sunset, they brought to him all who were ill or possessed by demons. The whole town had gathered at the door. He cured many who were sick with various diseases, and he drove out many demons, not permitting them to speak because they knew him. Rising very early before dawn, he left and went off to a deserted place where he prayed. Simon and those who were with him pursued him, and on finding him said, Everyone is looking for you. He told them, Let us go on to the nearby villages, that I may preach there also. For this purpose have I come. So he went into their synagogues, preaching and driving out demons throughout the whole of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise you, Lord Jesus Christ. They can't possibly teach you everything in seminary. And one of the things that I was never taught when I was in training for the priesthood was how to give relationship advice. It's amazing the number of people who come to the vowed celibate to talk about relationships. And I've got a couple of my high school buddies here and they would probably never come to me for relationship advice because they knew me before I became a priest and how terrible at relationships I was. But yet, the Lord provides. The Lord somehow lifts us up and gives us, gives us things in the priesthood, in our consecration, in our dedication. When we follow after him with a willing and humble and simple heart, the Lord somehow enables us. And people seek us out for things that we never knew we'd be able to help them with. But the one thing I always offer to any young person, any person considering marriage, in terms of advice, is practically not very practical. It's just not a very practical thing. But my question is always this. I always pose it as a question, something to think about, is are you comfortable being alone with that person in complete silence? Can you sit with that person and simply just rejoice in the fact that you love them and they love you? Not having to say a word, just simply knowing that you are someone's beloved. And that someone in your life has real meaning and importance. And interestingly enough, this is the same advice or the same question I ask people when they ask about going deeper in the spiritual life. Father, I want to be holier. Father, I want to pray better. Well, I can give you practical advice on that, better than I can relationships. But the same thing holds is are you comfortable sitting and gazing longingly and lovingly at the Lord? It's interesting, isn't it, how our human relationships help to inform our divine intimacy, and our divine intimacy, the love that we share only with God, informs our human relationships. Relationships. So often in relationship, we first and foremost go and look to the person's hands—the things that give us, the things that help us, the things that serve us—and then we look upon their face. But isn't it a more loving act to look lovingly upon the face without anything in return, without any desire except to simply love, to serve, to behold? Yes, we need those things that come from God's hands. We need those things that come from each other's hands. But we also need that look. The look of a beloved for his or her loved one. The look of a mother and father for their newborn child. This is what we are called to do. And this is what the Lord shows us in this gospel today. That, yes, we are called to act. We are called to put this faith into relationship with others. Jesus goes to his friend's house, heals his friend's mother-in-law, but then he goes to look lovingly upon his father's face. And so, too, should we. In his autobiography, Fulton Sheen puts it very clearly. And he was one of the most brilliant and most popular speakers in the Catholic history of of the United States, And he said this, that there is neither theological knowledge nor social action is enough to continue our love of God. We need to have a personal encounter with him to sustain those things. Like the wood that becomes part of the fire so that the fire endures, we too are called to become one with Christ so that as St. Paul says in Galatians, I no longer live but Christ dwelling within me. We are called to be and to look upon the face of God and to know that we are loved and then to take what the Lord gives in our hearts and pour it out into the world. We have a pretty stark reality in the first reading today, without a doubt the most depressing first reading in all of the year. I shall never see happiness again, the word of the Lord. (laughs) Woo. That's rough. But that is life without prayer. Job had everything, everything that the world could offer, and it was taken away. That is life without prayer. We can do great things, we can have great accomplishments, but when the doctor gives us bad news, or life throws us a curveball, everything falls apart if we do not have that loving face of God in our lives. St. Paul shows us what a life of prayer is. It's a life poured out, yes, but it's a life where we are all for all. This is impossible to be all for all people because we have shortcomings. We frankly don't like some people, but yet God calls us to be all for all. God's love for you is without measure. Your value in the eyes of God is greater than anything else on this earth. Let the Lord look on you with his love. Spend time with him in prayer. Especially as we come up to Lent in a few just a few weeks, 10 days really. Lent is a great time to spend looking and gazing more for the face of God. Seek His face become all for all by spending time in the loving embrace, the loving gaze of the all in all.